Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to build your faith and equip you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Caracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. This podcast launched the first week of May in 2022, so this episode we celebrate our first year anniversary. I am so thankful to all my guests who've shared their God stories with openness and honesty so we can all benefit from lessons they've learned in their walk with the Lord. To celebrate all that God has done in our lives, we're giving you, our listeners, a gift. That's right. We have a gift for you. It's a tool you can use in your walk with the Lord to share Him with others. You've heard of book clubs where people get together and discuss a book they have all read. Well, now you can do something similar in a Her God Story podcast club. It's a great way to encourage friends, neighbors, and coworkers in their faith journey, even those who've not yet committed to following the Lord. Invite some people to join you. The time commitment to listen to a podcast is much less than reading a book, so we think you will have a lot of takers. Meet at a coffee shop or have some light refreshments in a home and enjoy getting to know one another. We've prepared questions to get the conversation started. On HerGodStory.org, you will now find a podcast club graphic. Click on that to see a set of general questions for use with any of the episodes, as well as some episode-specific questions. While we don't have a list of specific questions for every episode yet, we have enough to get you started, and we'll be adding more over time, and you can always use the general questions for whichever episode you choose. Try starting a monthly podcast club this summer and see how it goes. We'll be praying for you. This anniversary episode will be slightly different from others. Instead of interviewing a guest, I'm going to share a bit about our destiny by looking at the journeys of a few women in the Bible. Growing up and well into adulthood, my favorite Bible verse was Jeremiah 29:11. The NIV version reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. It spoke to me of a bright future, that I'm part of God's big plan, and that I have a purpose and destiny in Him. All of us want to know our specific purpose and future. You may have heard the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which says man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. John Piper, in his book, Desiring God, which I highly recommend, rephrases that a little to say man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. That's the overarching purpose for all believers. But God also has specific, unique plans for each one of us. That thought is exciting for some and maybe uncomfortable for others. So questions or hesitations might spring to mind like, how do I know what my purpose is? If I really blow it, does it disqualify me from my destiny? I don't have the background, education, experience. So how can I do anything purposeful for God? And I'm sure there's more, but let's take a look at these. How do we know what our unique purpose is? First of all, don't fret. Psalm 37, 23 assures us that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of our lives. And Ephesians 2, 10 tells us we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. If your heart is set on following the Lord, 
he will direct your steps into the good things, which is your purpose, that he planned for you long ago. He won't let you miss it if you're seeking him, listening to his voice and walking with him. He will lead you right into your purpose or bring your purpose to you. Let's take a look at Jael lived during the time when judges led Israel. Israel at that time was led by Deborah, a prophetess and a judge. This was after the people had entered the promised land and before they cried out for a king. But Jael was not an Israelite. She was the wife of Heber, a Kenite. Now the Kenites were friendly with the Israelites because Moses had lived among them for 40 years before God called them back to Egypt. In fact, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, was a Kenite. So Jael's husband, Heber, was on good terms with the Israelites, but he was also on good terms with King Jabin, who was Israel's enemy at the time. Now, King Jabin sent his commander, Sisera, out to attack Israel. Jael and her family were safe, and they were left alone because they were friends with King Jabin. But the Israelite commander was afraid to go into battle, even though the Lord was sending him. He wanted Deborah, the judge, to go along. Now she agreed, and then the Lord gave her a prophecy that the victory would come at the hands of a woman. When the battle turned against Sisera, he ran away and asked Jael if he could hide in her tent. Now Sisera was ruthless and had been oppressing the Israelites for 20 years, and Jael knew this. She knew he was wicked, and he would continue a campaign of terror for as long as he lived. So while he was asleep in her tent, she killed him. God used her to give Israel the victory, freeing them from oppression. I didn't use JL's story to encourage physical violence in any way. The Apostle Paul explains in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 6, 7, he states that righteousness is a weapon. And Hebrews 4, 12, as well as Ephesians 6, 17, tell us that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is alive and it's active. Now, back to JL's story. By her inclusion in God's plan to rescue the Israelites, we can surmise that she was a woman who walked uprightly, wanting to know God, And she was living her life, taking care of her husband and household when God brought purpose right to her door. She couldn't miss it. If you don't know the rest of the story, read Judges 4, and you'll see that her action that day made her a hero in Israel. Her obedience to God gained her mention in the Bible for all generations to read about. She glorified God in her action, and God wants her story told. On to our next question. If we really blow it, are we disqualified from our destiny? Think about Eve. Eve had it all. She was the first woman on earth and had a loving husband. They lived in the Garden of Eden, beautiful, fruitful, with no weeds or pests. Together they ruled over all creation. There were no predators, disaster, disease, or anything else to fear. They walked with God and talked with him in the cool of the day. And he told them exactly what their purpose was. He let them know exactly what good things he'd prepared for them to do. Genesis 1, 
28 through 30, is a brief record of their conversation. The New Living Translation says, The Lord blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit seed, fruit trees for your food. And I've given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Eve's purpose was to be a mom, raising up children who knew God and governed the earth the Lord had so perfectly created. And to make sure she could fulfill her purpose, God gave Eve and Adam authority over everything. 2 Peter 1.3 says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I love that verse. God has already given us everything we need for living a godly life, for fulfilling his good plans for us. Eve knew God and he gave her everything she would need. Eve was able to do anything she wanted, go anywhere she wanted, eat anything she wanted, except for the fruit from one tree in all the earth. So what did Eve do? She ate from that forbidden tree. That sin, that disobedience, opened the door for sin, corruption, and death to enter the world, infect all of creation. And when Adam also ate that fruit, They handed the authority God had given them over to Satan. Eve really, really blew it. And we are all still feeling the effects of her sin today. You would think if anybody was going to lose their destiny, it would be Eve. God could have returned her to dust right then and there. He could have started over with a new man and a new woman, but he did not. His mercies are new every morning and God's love never fails. 1 Peter 1, 18-20 reveals something really amazing. The New Living Translation says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, God chose him as our ransom long before the world began. Let me read that part again. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. And now in these last days, he's been revealed for your sake. Before God created the heavens and the earth, he already knew what Eve would do. He knew Jesus would need to pay the price for that sin and every other sin since time began so that we could come back into right relationship with him. When Eve ate that fruit, it was not a surprise to God. He'd given her and all of us a choice to walk with him or to go our own way. Eve wanted to try it her way and it ended in disaster. But that did not end her relationship with God. Yes, God removed Eve and Adam from the Garden of Eden and put a guard around the tree of life out of love, not punishment. God did not want Eve to live eternally in her sinful state. 
Yes, life was much more difficult for Eve and Adam from then on. Now she experienced pain and sorrow and toil, but God did not strip her of her purpose. God's plan is always to redeem us, always to restore his relationship with us. And so I'm confident he did that with Adam and Eve as well. And God blessed her with children. We know she taught them about having a relationship with God too. In Genesis 4, it tells the story of her sons, Cain and Abel, bringing sacrifices to the Lord and talking with him. One, Abel, embraced his relationship with God. The other, Cain, gave in to sin. But Eve had shown them at least how to have that relationship with God. So if you feel like you've blown it, don't give up. Don't walk away from God in shame. Instead, run to him. Confess your sin to him and ask for his empowering to live righteously. 1 John 1, 9 promises that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, not only does he forgive us, he cleanses us. He takes that unrighteousness, that wickedness, right away. In his eyes, it never happened. Of course, if you walk away from God and persist in doing things your own way, then you're no longer accessing everything we need for living a godly life, and you'll find yourself unfulfilled and pursuing meaningless things. But that would be your choice. If you want the joy of living your purpose, return to God and ask the Lord to fulfill Hebrews 8, verse 10 in you, to put his laws in your mind and to write them on your heart. That is a prayer he will answer. Finally, let's address our qualifications. Some may wonder, I don't have the background, education, experience, so how can I do anything purposeful for God? Consider Priscilla. She was part of the early church, married to Aquila, and was a friend of the apostle Paul. Priscilla and Aquila were Jewish, and because of that, they were kicked out of their home and forced to leave Rome by the emperor Claudius. They moved to Corinth and restarted their business of making and selling tents, and that is where the Apostle Paul first met them. Since he was also a tent maker, they worked together. And while Paul was making tents, he was also evangelizing and teaching new believers every chance he got. That may be where Priscilla and Aquila first heard about Jesus and put their faith in Christ. The Bible isn't really clear on that, but we do know that when Paul left Corinth to continue on his missionary journey, Priscilla and Aquila went with him at least as far as Ephesus, and then they stayed there for a bit. It sure seemed like they were in survival mode, refugees on the move, but God had a plan and a purpose for them. As they were living in Ephesus, a man named Apollos came to town. Apollos was also very zealous for the Lord, and he was sharing about Jesus, but his understanding of salvation was incomplete. So Priscilla and Aquila invited him to their home, and they discipled him more thoroughly. Apollos went on to be a very effective witness, far and wide, and Priscilla and Aquila started hosting a church in their home to make sure that other young believers were grounded in their faith. It's very unlikely that Priscilla was well-educated, She was evicted from Rome because of her heritage and had to start over in a new town. But that's where she met Paul and sat under his teaching, undoubtedly having long conversations about the Lord when they were working side by side. God provided her with all the training and equipping she needed from the man who wrote a large portion of the New Testament. Then God used her as a well-respected house church leader 
and a discipler at a time when the church was rapidly expanding around the Roman world. God can uniquely equip you, too. He may send you to formal training or may give you someone like Paul who can disciple you as you grow in your faith. Just keep walking with God and he'll make sure you're fully equipped. Romans 8.28 may be familiar to you. New Living Translation reads, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Verse 29 says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Your destiny Your part in God's big plan is to become like Jesus. And in that journey, God has good work for us to do. If we're walking with him, enjoying him along the way, he will make sure we don't miss those good works and that we're fully equipped. When I was younger, I was under the impression that fulfilling my purpose required high-profile, world-changing activities every day. It took me a while to understand that every day God had me involved in his purpose Some of those days, that purpose was sowing a seed in our children's lives. Other days, I watered seed through prayer or outreach. Occasionally, God allowed me to be involved in good works that have dramatically impacted people in other nations for good. But they have all come because I desire to follow him. And he's led me and equipped me for each one. Even though sometimes I don't feel equipped, but his power in me makes all the difference. We have all been born for such a time as this, like Esther in her day. When she went before King Xerxes, she saved her people from annihilation. But she only had that opportunity because she was faithful daily in the little things. She submitted to her uncle's guidance. She remained humble. She asked the Lord for his strategy and called on others to fast and pray for success. She proved herself faithful, loyal, and trustworthy. We don't know what impact she had on the lives of others around her in the palace, but I imagine many of them came to serve the God of Israel because of Esther's character and her good works. If you're a mom, God has called you to raise your children to know him. Like my podcast guests, Lisa Stringer, Debbie Nelson, and Katie Stevens, he may have called you to raise up and care for other children as well, like he has called Rhoda Bowman and Mandy Reisner. You may be blessed with artistic ability like my guests, Kelly Florence and Marie Umidi. God may have placed you in the marketplace like my guest, Melinda Torreson and Mary Beth Gilbert, or to make an impact through media like my guests, Wendy Griffith and Deborah Torres. Or perhaps you serve in a church like my guests, Reverend Dr. Susan Bubbers and Becky Keenan. Or maybe you serve in ministry like my guests, Kay Horner and Kim Cossie McKee. Many are called to intercede in prayer, like my guests Beverly Burchette, Emily Zavala, and Mary Nelson. Or maybe you have a passion to teach others, like my guest Natasha Miller. Or to be a friend in time of need, like my guests Cassie Smith and Vicki Guillory. And some fulfill their purpose by sharing God's love overseas, like Kennedy Bolin and Diane Bustamante. God calls some to high-profile ministries, like my guests Danette Crawford, Ashley Stringer, and Kathy Branzell. Or something else, like the many guests I haven't named. Check out some of their stories in prior episodes if you haven't already. I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired in your purpose too. You know that good work that God has planned for us isn't more important or less important based on how many people see or hear it. When we glorify God by enjoying Him, when we allow Christ to be formed in us so we become like Him, His purposes 
are fulfilled in and through us, and we are part of His big plan. Let me pray for you. Father, we are so grateful that long before you created the world, you already had a plan to rescue us from our sinful, foolish ways. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for adopting us as heirs with him and giving us access to everything we need to live godly lives. I ask you now, Lord, for you to put your law in the mind of everyone listening and to write it on their hearts so they will not sin against you. And Lord, as they walk with you, direct them to every good work you've prepared in advance for them to do. And as Matthew 5, 16 says, let their light shine before others so that people may see their good works and glorify you, Father. And Lord, most of all, I ask that you teach each of us how to enjoy you fully so we glorify you completely. We cast all our cares on you because you so deeply care for us and thank you that we can trust you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, one way to be used by God is to help widows and orphans like Dorcas in the New Testament. You can join our growing company of women who are living, James 127, with a gift of her at hergodstory.org. Just click on the widow and orphan option at the top of the page. Another way may be to host a Her God Story podcast club to help others grow in their faith and maybe even introduce them to Jesus for the first time. Check out details along with our show notes at hergodstory.org. We'd love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line, so you can give us a call or text anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it on your favorite podcast streaming service and share it with your friends. And now, dear ones, I leave you with a blessing adapted from 2 Corinthians 9.8. May God bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.